Blog Talk Radio. It's your girl Cy Brown and welcome to the Cy Brown Morning Show It is Friday and I am so glad to hang out with everybody today I watched the presidential, the vice presidential debate last night, did you? <laughs> I caught it post, uh, post the live, uh, when it was on live But I still caught it and I have so much to say and so much to talk about um, Well, you know Joe Biden did his thing. He was he was typical Joe. <laughs> so I'll get into my thoughts and the winners and the losers, the loser, uh, what I felt about the moderator. Um, she rocked. Um, <laughs> and also some of the important um, topics that they touched on last night. And, you know, when they got around to the subject of Medicaid, it was really, really touchy. So, you know, we're, we're going to get all into that today. But, uh, you know, every Friday it's really uh, we're talking about this week in world news. And, you know, I shared with you uh, probably a few weeks ago that I launched a website called Cy Brown Global. You can just go to CyBrownGlobal.com. And the, in the spirit of Cy Brown Global, I believe it's so incredibly important, and in light of our uh, vice presidential debate last night, that we understand at a, a uh, deeper level, on a deeper level, the critical importance of understanding world news and the impact or what impact the decisions that we make here has around the world as well as what foreign policy um, situations are happening and how it ultimately affects us. So in light of all of that, I launched CyBrown Global. Um, and again, you can just go to CyBrownGlobal.com. And so to just strengthen and deepen our understanding about what's going on with world issues, uh, I dedicate every Friday show to This Week in World News because it's that important to me where we're taking a whole show and talking about nothing but world news. Now, in light of <laughs> last night's vice presidential debate, that is the 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 world news. That's the that's the hot topic today uh in world news. Now, of course, I'm going to touch on a couple of other things like, you know, what Biden made a contradiction um uh against the state department on Benghazi security. So, we're going to talk about that. Um, but really, it's just important that we understand what's going on across the globe. Amen? Amen. Good. Uh, Guten Tag. I don't know what that means. TGL just put in the chat room, Guten Tag. I'm not sure what that means. you got to help me out on that one. <laughs> but anyway, big shout-out to everybody. I've got LaVon, who always listens to the show. She's actually, I'm in one room, and she's in another listening to the show, so I don't know if she's going to log into the chat room or not. Uh, and I see TGL just joined us in the chat room. So good morning, sir. Also, just as a quick sidebar, let me know how you like Life Remix. I'm, I'm really curious to hear um, and to learn what people think because it's really weird. When I'm holed up in my closet uh, in my house or wherever I happen to be writing and I'm writing a book, 
it's just fascinating. Sometimes I'm a little scared <laughs> to hear what people think because my writing is so personal, but it's also important that I get feedback so I know what to do better. I'm working on Life Remix Volume 2 and then Leadership. So I, I've got a couple books that are, you know, one is 25% done, one is, you know, 30% done, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I've got a couple that I'm working on that I that I'm just trying to see Gauge the market and see which one I'm going to bring out next. So if you can, just give me a a little uh, feedback to let me know if you like it or not. I think you will. (laughs) I think it's a good book. I wrote it, so I definitely think it's a good book. But anyway, let's get into the presidential debate. Oh, my! the vice presidential, excuse me for misspeaking, the vice presidential debate last night. I'm very excited and anxious to hear um, in the chat room what you thought, how you thought it went. I will tell you really honestly, I watched the first couple of minutes and fell asleep. I I couldn't believe I fell asleep. And at 12 o'clock, actually my clock said 12.02, I turned because I didn't realize so much time had passed, and I literally almost started crying. My husband was like, Saida, what's wrong? And I'm like, I missed the debate. How can I talk about it on tomorrow's show if I can't, if I didn't see it? So the good thing about it is I was able to, the pundits were still on uh, till probably 2 o'clock in the morning, and I and I know they were still on live because it kept saying live and then CNN. So I was able to watch it in its entirety, and then I went back and started reading the tweets and what everybody was talking about. So um, I, I, that made me feel better because <laughs> I was like, I can't do a show if I didn't watch it. Um, uh, okay, I just got uh, TGL to hit me up. He says, so far reading between homework and work. No worries. Take your time. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I just really value your opinion. So I just want to know what you think. But anyway, I just found out that Guten Tag is German for hello. So you can't tell me you come to the Cy Brown Morning Show and you don't know. Uh, you learn something new every day. <laughs> so on to this Veep debate. Uh, and then for further reading, again, you can log on to CyBrownGlobal.com. Well, here's my opinion before I start to get into the substance. I really don't think it was a game changer last night. I don't believe that sparks flew. I don't believe that um, it really is going to have that much of an impact on undecided voters. At this point in the game, I believe most people already know who they are going to vote for. Now, I am an ardent follower of politics, but for those who go to work every day, they may be a teacher, they may, you know, whatever your profession is keeps you busy. If you have a family, probably you do not pay as close attention to politics as someone like me who's in the media and we are watching this thing with, you know, at a, at a feverish pace because we want to follow it play by play. Really, honestly, the the election is less than a month away. You kind of know how you feel already. And historically, the vice presidential debate has not really made that much of an impact. It's there. I don't want to just say it's a dog and pony show and it's there for show. But for the most part, um, it can. I believe that the vice presidential debate is really designed to further enhance the candidate and to act as a surrogate for the candidate. So when um, when we look at past vice presidential debates, I can't think of one really in recent history where it was that much of a game changer, where votes were changed and people's perceptions were swayed all that much. Now, getting back to last night, 
we all know Joe Biden is a little feisty spice. He is a feisty guy, and he's little—he's sharp. You know, he's got a sharp tongue, and he's got sharp wit, as does Paul Ryan. But I, what I really love that Joe Biden did that a lot of people were waiting for, and I really don't think he did, was bury Ryan. He, a lot of people wanted him to come out and be aggressive and bury him and, you know, make up, so to speak, for what Obama failed to do last week. And I'm very happy I did not see that. Joe Biden is a smart and seasoned politician. What I love that he did that our president failed to do last, that our sitting president failed to do last week, was stick it to Ryan and call him out on his fallacies because if people say something to you with conviction and strength and they're firm and they're, they they have resolve in their tone, people tend to think that it's true. And Joe Biden did what Obama did not do last week and called him out on it, especially when it came to the um, the murder of our ambassador, when they were talking about how he asked for extra security. And Joe Biden was like, wait a minute, we had a line item in our budget to ask for extra security, and you, part of this Congress, um, would not pass it. So little things like that slip in, and when you pay attention, you realize that Joe Biden, he got it in last night without, I think, being too over the top. What was a little disheartening is that I did see um, a lot of newspapers saying that he was smirking, that he was being condescending, that he um, was being disrespectful. I don't feel he did anything more than Mitt Romney did last week because, peep this, he smiled. He smiled when he heard things that were wrong. He, You know, he gave a facial gesture. I believe he was very respectful. But, you know, what did you want him to do, twist his face? That would have given him something else to talk about. So, I mean, it was almost like a no-win situation. But getting down to the substance of what they discussed last night, I think the biggest part that I saw, even though I kind of was reading things on Twitter as I was watching it again, is that we looked that they, when they got to the issue of Medicare, and they talked about so many other things, I'll get to some of the other things that they discussed, but the issue of Medicare in this voucher system, I don't understand how Republicans feel they can come into office and convert our Medicare system into any type of a voucher system. It just blows my mind because let's look at, I don't know how much you've studied it, but I have really looked into this whole thing. I'm 41, and I've shared I'm 41. I am scared to death, even though I know God is always on my side, but about how my husband and I are going to pay for our retirement as well as fund our lifestyle and maintain our health. So now let's look at what they propose. And I'm just singling out Medicare, and I'm going to talk about a couple more issues in a minute. But with this whole Medicare voucher thing, for those of you who are not fully aware of what's going on, think of it as a school voucher system. Historically, people send their children to their local public school. With the voucher system, and we're going to, you know, translate this back into the medical, to health care, you know, the government says, okay, mom and dad, you're not happy with your local public school. Here is a voucher worth $6,000 or $7,000 that you can take to another public school, um, but now you have to find the school, you have to get your kid there, you have to, you know, accommodate yourself, you know, change your lifestyle to fit their schedule, but we're giving you the money. So don't say we're not trying to help you. We're trying to help you because we're giving you. But then there's all of these unintended consequences or unintended pitfalls based on their quote-unquote generosity. And that's what's happening with this whole um, Medicare debate. They want to issue vouchers. 
The voucher is worth X number of dollars. I have not heard how much these vouchers are supposed to be worth. If any of my listeners have found it, if you're not listening live, shoot me an email and I'll mention it on Monday. If you're live in the chat room, then just you know let me know in the chat room. But I don't know how much these vouchers are supposed to be worth. However, no matter what the voucher is worth, it is not going to be enough to cover medical expenses. Now, peep this. I can see if they give me a voucher at 41 years old. Saida, when you get to your age where you can collect for Medicare, take this voucher and use it for your health care. I don't want to do it. I think it sucks. I think it's very unfair, but I may have no choice. But they're looking at implementing this sooner rather than later. So now you take someone like my grandmother who is 91 years old, she has pre-existing conditions, her health is not that good. Now, thank God my grandmother's health is not bad, but it's still not good. She's 91, she's on several medications. What company, what insurance company is going to pick up the cost of caring for my grandmother regardless of the voucher? Because I have not heard that the voucher dollar amount is scalable. Because remember, I told you, I don't even know how much these vouchers are worth. But from what I heard, I have not heard any scalability about these vouchers. So that means if I get a $6,000 voucher, maybe because of her age, her voucher may be $12,000. i am just pulling numbers out of the air, people. My grandmother's health care may or may not cost more than $12,000. Where does the deficiency come in? How is that deficiency covered? If she is on Social Security, just say for argument's sake an average senior citizen has a Social Security check between $800 and $1,100 a month. Let's make it easy. Let's talk round numbers. Let's just say $1,000 a month. How do you pay your bills and then cover your medical insurance and your prescriptions and your transport? I was just talking to my mother-in-law the other day, and I said, Nana, how are you going to, you know, you have a doctor's appointment. She says, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I'm like, why? She said, well, because, you know, her eyes are not that good. She needs somebody to take her, and she has to give them money for gas and this and that. People don't see all of these expenses that will be tacked on. There goes the little vans. I don't know about you, but in the um, in the New York City area or like in North Jersey where I personally live, the seniors have vans that can pick them up and take them to their doctor's appointments. Um, if somebody's from another part of the country, let me know real quick in the chat room if they have that, you know, where you are. But when we look at these issues, when we look at Medicare, when we look at the voucher system, when we look at these ongoing wars and we listen to what the vice presidential candidates will Joe Biden is our vice president, but Paul Ryan is a vice presidential candidate, had to say last night, quite frankly, I don't feel either one of them hit any targets that really made sense to me. One other important issue is this abortion issue, and I'm going to touch on that in a minute. Oh, I just got hit up in the chat room. Remember we, oh, oh remember we are one. Good morning, remember we are one. We have it in Maryland and D.C. Yeah, I think most play, most people probably have that for seniors um, too, where they can. But with this voucher system, how will that program be implemented, executed, and how is it sustainable for people like me who are in their early 40s? What what is going to be left for us? Because quite frankly, if they weren't tapping into that money, there would be plenty of money there to care for our seniors, and there would be plenty of money there for Social Security. But I want to just touch on something too before we go on to other world issues. This whole abortion thing. I have said that I am not for abortion. I personally do not believe that abortion is right. However, 
we have a law in place that is a very clear line in the sand, not Roe v. Wade, which is what they keep talking about, but is the separation of church and state. See, this is where the smoke and mirrors come in. They talk about this abortion and how uh, Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney are going to pan abortion. And now they were saying, Paul Ryan said, period, because he believes life begins at conception. He told the story last night how he and his wife went for her ultrasound and the baby was the size of a bean, and now her nickname is Beanie for that exactly. Whatever. Tell your story walking. But the point is we have laws that specifically separate church and state, not necessarily just Roe v. Wade. So when it comes to your religious belief, you cannot impose your religious beliefs on others and implement laws to that effect because of the separation of church and state. So now based on that, I have to totally side with what Joe Biden said last night. I may not be for it, but who am I to impose my religious beliefs because every time there is a defense of this uh of uh, every time a pro lifer comes up their their immediate stance on it is it is against my faith. Well, you know, for the most part it may be against mine too, but because you can't take your faith and impose laws based on your faith, your faith really does not factor in. And that's why I'm saying this whole thing is really just smoke and mirrors of them trying to secretly push their agenda. I totally believe now peep this I totally believe that they are against that they are pro life because we need more people here so we can get financed through China. That's my belief. That's another show, but that's my belief. But if you were so pro life and you really are against abortion, wouldn't you think that you would add more funding on the prevention side so that we have less unintended pregnancies uh or unplanned and unplanned pregnancies so we don't so a woman doesn't even have to make that choice? It just blows my mind. It just it, it blows my mind how they come up with these obscure policies that make sense, these hardline policies that make sense in one area and make no sense in the other. Because now, if, you know, if you say, well, you know, I'm against abortion, I'm pro-life, well, then let's. what steps can we take so a woman doesn't even have to get to that point? Now, again, today's show is This Week in World News. What impact does this have on our global policies and how it affects our relationship with foreign leaders? Well, when you start talking about abortion, most countries around the world are against abortion, period. But when you start talking about Medicaid, uh, Medicare, I'm sorry, not Medicaid, Medicare, and other social issues, the rest of the world looks at the United States as a loose that is like a loose sinking ship. They look at us like anything goes, anything is permissible. And the Bible says everything is permissible, but it doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean it's prudent, doesn't mean it's smart. All things are permissible, but that doesn't mean you need to do it. And that's you know, one of the that's why these social issues, these moral issues, is why there is a deterioration of the pre- perception of the United States around the world. You go into Muslim countries, you go into Turkey, they don't allow so many of the things that we allow. So when um, Paul Ryan last night was uh, talking about how the Obama administration has weakened our position around the world, that's absolutely not true. He has done so much to extend uh, an olive branch to world leaders and to foreign, foreign heads of foreign states while trying to maintain a gentle balance between what works 
you know how you say what goes on in this house stays in this house? What works in the, within these United States and how we're measured against the world? And, I mean, it, it, there's so much to really look at. It, it's very just – it's it's disheartening that um, these politicians really dance around very serious issues. I just want to read a couple things um, in the chat room before we uh, uh, keep going. Hold on one second. Uh, not every p- opponent to it, okay, this is about the abortion issue. Not every opponent to it is based on faith. However, I do believe in a woman's right to choose. I just don't agree with the act personally. Well, that's the same position that I have. Um, noted, I just don't think it's right personally unless you live where condoms don't exist. Well, I mean, without being too graphic, pull out if you have to. I mean, you know, I will tell you, I got pregnant as a teenager because I thought I couldn't get pregnant. It wasn't because I didn't go. I mean, I grew up in Sunday school with white patent leather shoes for Easter and everything. I was just, you know, ignorant thinking, well, I'm going to have sex with this guy. And I really honestly, I mean, maybe this is telling too much. I really just honestly thought I couldn't get pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I was like, "Uh uh-oh, this wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't part of the script. And so, you know, when you look at these things, people frown upon, you know, women who have to make these decisions about having an abortion or not having an abortion. But I'll tell you like this. We live in a place, a world right now, where I am against personally giving out condoms in school. But follow me on this. I am personally against giving out condoms in school and all of those things because I feel kids are not ready, they're not mature, and blah, blah, blah. But you want me to tell you something? I have a huge cookie jar in my son's room Full, I have two boys full of condoms, and I do a lot of work with nonprofits and health agencies, so it's not like I'm going into the store and buying condoms. You know, you go to enough health fairs and stuff like that, they're giving you condoms. There's a restaurant in New York City in Harlem called Billy's Black, and when you walk into Billy's Black, there is a little fish bowl. It looks like a little goldfish bowl sitting right by the door, and they keep it filled with condoms. Now, I'm sure it's for patrons leaving as opposed to patrons coming in, but, you know, it was a tough decision for me to decide to give my son's condoms. Like, I I had to really rationalize that, and I don't want to know. I'm not physically handing them condoms, but there is a cookie jar in the top of their closet, and every now and again I peek in, just put some more in, and walk out. I don't want to know. I don't want to know when you used it. Maybe I just want to bury my head in the sand, but they're there and they're disappearing, which means they're using them. They're going to kill me probably for saying this, but oh well. This is a real social issue. And I think parents, if we want to be responsible and 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 be proactive in the lives of our children, regardless of what's going on in somebody else's house and things like that, we have to take a personal responsibility. I don't know if I had if I had daughters, I would do the same thing. I can't honestly say, but just on this one particular issue, that's my stance on it. And I will tell you this: neither one of my children have kids. Neither one of, and I have several friends who are my age, went to high school with, who have grandchildren who are now three years old, four years old, two years old. One of my friends has grandchildren who are twins, and I think they're already like three or four years old. So, I mean, you know, my kids have their own issues and stuff too, but let me just read some stuff that's going on in the chat room. And I want to touch on a couple more things before we run out of time because there's just, (coughs) excuse me, so much to talk about. As you all know, I'm getting over my cold. I finally can swallow without having an earache. Thank God. Um, But let's just see. 
Um, no, I just don't think it's right personally unless you live where condoms ex- Oh, I already read that. Okay, I'm sorry. So TGL put information is key. Information on the truth of abortion, sex, and STDs. If you can't keep it in your pants, wrap it up. Have a plan besides we can do it when mama goes to work. <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't think any parent wants to think that of their children, but the reality is it happens. My father was pissed to the 10th power and really did not even speak to me until my second son was born and my children are almost five years apart. The reality is these things happen. And when we have our politicians taking these hard-line positions, not even, I, don't even, I don't even want to spend the whole show on abortion, but just on these social issues, these social issues that are really smoke and mirrors to keep us from paying attention to where the money is really being spent. i got to get this in before we run out of time on the show, but listen to this. One of the reasons why they want to keep defense spending levels where they are or increase it is because there is no or very little oversight or accountability in defense spending. So peep this. If you're one of their little cronies or one of their little friends, just like Cheney did with Halliburton, he set up all these little shelves, he set up these companies where they're the ones, this part I don't know if it's true, I'm just talking right now, this part is not research or fact, but I'm just saying this piece right here that I'm getting ready to say. You know, they set up a a, a company that supplies helmets or they set up a company that supplies shoelaces or whatever it is to our military, Whatever, whatever their company that supplies X to the military. Well, because anything dealing with the military is top secret and classified, there are so many ways to hide the true costs of what's being spent. So that's, I believe that is the key reason why Republicans never want to touch the defense spending or the the line item for the defense budget. And if anything, they want to spend more because that's how they are secretly building wealth. They are they're they are servicing this war. They are making millions of dollars off of this perpetual war that just won't we've been in Afghanistan now for 10 years or more. Iraq is over, but we're still in Afghanistan and we're not even getting out as both of them said last night. Joe Biden said we are definitively getting out of Afghanistan in 2014 and Paul Ryan said the same thing. He agreed that we should get out by 2014. He just felt that we should not have made it public. But regardless of that, we are still committed to being in this war for two more years. So now that's giving them their last hurrah to be able to make as much money as they can, and it's really not the American people don't even know how much money is being spent on this war. We're never going to get an accurate number. And so what they're looking at is this is the the holy grail. Borrow money from our foreign allies, fund this war, skim off the top, make money, and when all the dust settles, they're good. Americans, we've lost over 2,000. We just hit about a month ago the milestone of 2,000 soldiers lost in war who have lost their lives to this never-ending war. It's just bizarre. So when we look at this on a global level, we wonder why that there's some countries that have absolutely no respect for us. This is why. And this is why when we're looking at world issues and how it affects us, we have to look at so much more. I want to just tell you a couple of the headlines that are on Cybrown Global right now. Obviously, we've got um, some news on the vice presidential debate. 
we've got Joe Biden. This is coming from foreignpolicy.com where Joe Biden was sharing how the mission has been accomplished in Afghanistan. However, he is not um, that he is not sharing how much we spent or what success or winning really means in Afghanistan. So that's that's a good read. BBC News. I also have a story on BBC News um, regarding the debate, so we can look at it from the BBC's position. Um, if we go down to the if you scroll down to the society section, we've got um, the Quran burning U.S. pastor barred from entering Canada. So that's a really good story. I read that this morning before I got on the show. And one more story that I really want to make light of um, that I want you to read. Scroll down to the bottom where it says environment, and there's a story about Norway, how they're going to double the carbon tax on the oil industry. That's shared by the Guardian News. That is a very, very good story because when we look at um, uh, our natural gases and, and how we're going to continue to try to become energy um, independent, let's look at what Norway is doing. So please take a look. Log on to CyBrownGlobal.com. You will find a lot of stories there. Um, the site is refreshed six times, a, uh, five times a day. Excuse me, it's refreshed at nine, tw- six in the morning, nine in the morning, twelve, three, and six at night. So um, log on to cybrownglobal.com so you can get your good dose of world news. Um, really quickly before we go, just want to thank everybody for listening today. Thank you for uh, joining us. Remember, we are one, and always remember that we shall pass through this world but once. Any good, therefore, that we can do or any kindness that we can show to any human being, let us do it now. Let us not defer or neglect it, for we shall not pass this way again. Thank you all for listening, and I'll see you on Monday.